0: So I'm gonna welcome uh, today Muhammad Al Kalash, founder of uh, CyberX, Muhammad, uh, Dr. Muhammad Khalifa, telecom specialist, co-founder of uh, Digital Barza, telecom division manager at Abu Dhabi Police, and Abdul Rahman Al Nimari, cybersecurity architect, consultant, Arab social media cybersecurity influencer. Meanwhile, I'd like to ask Mr. Muhammad to really introduce himself further to know him before we continue.
1: Thank you, Rudy, for uh, your hospitality and for the introduction. Um, my name is Muhammad Al Kalash. I'm the founder of CyberX. I'm really happy to be here and uh, talking about some topics which is uh, digital transformation and cybersecurity. About CyberX that we have started CyberX or founded CyberX in 2019 with the purpose of spreading awareness and enriching Arabic content in cybersecurity and emerging technology. And now after two years that we have scaling a little bit bigger about the around the cybersecurity topic which we do kind of an edge in cybersecurity awareness and we are having our monthly campaign throughout Social media, and now we are having our own platform that we have a homegrown applications to
0: secure and fill the gap in cybersecurity arena. Uh, thank you, Mahanad, uh, and I'm happy yeah. to be with you today. Thank you, thank you, Mahanad. I'm very eager uh, for this session. Dr. Hamad, uh, can you please introduce yourself?
2: assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. My name is Dr. Hamad khadifa Naimi. I'm the head of Telecommunication Division in Abu Dhabi Police General Headquarters, United Arab Emirates. I guess through you <laughs> are in Beirut, and we are talking globally, so we have to mention some name. For uh, the audience, figure out where we are.
0: Yeah, we're uh, controlling the Middle East, I think.
2: <laughs> I'm uh, one of the co founders of Alberza platform. And uh, for those who uh, don't know, Alberza uh, as a brand name, it's, uh, the seating area where, uh, in our culture and our traditions, people and the families are uh, sitting and talking and uh, negotiate most of the issues that they are facing uh, in their life. Now, uh, it's completely different from uh, one culture uh, to another. And I guess, in basic or Lebanese people, they call it or that's in Egypt. So uh, Al-Berza platform, it's kind of services and consultant to support the generation and the youth in our region. We started this four years ago, uh, me and my special brother, which is from a different mother, Dr. Mohammed Khaled. Hopefully he's uh, hearing uh, me tonight. We established this uh, community to gather the most and IoT people at the government sector as well as the private sector to fill gap between the both sector. Whenever we cooperate together, there won't be any missing elements on whatever project that we are doing, as well as giving training for people uh, in uh, the schools and institutions that around the country. Also, uh, lately, uh, there are so many non-profit organizations supporting the startup people and businesses. So, uh, this is one of our pillars as well in uh, Alberza platform, and you can visit us at uh, alberza.com. Thank you, Rudy. I guess this is
0: a brief description. Thank you, Dr. Hamad. And I'm glad that you're also participating. Actually, you're also organizing the Arab blockchain, the main organizers. And hopefully, we're also happy to be part of this initiative. Yeah. We'll be seeing you yeah. a lot in the coming days.
2: Inshallah. Thank you.
0: Inshallah. Abdurrahman al-Nimari, can you please introduce yourself?
3: Thank you very much, Rudy, for having me on this uh, talk. Thank you, audience, for your uh, attendance. My name is Abdurrahman and nimari I started back in 1982. I guess that makes me very old, the oldest maybe of you. So uh, when I was... Uh, 1982. I was at uh, high school then. My first computer was Commodore 64 with 8-bit CPU and 64K memory with the kernel operating system, which is the seed of Apple nowadays. I used the MS and IBM DOS from its uh, very early version. I also used Sacher computer mainly for playing games at the time. Uh, I was really fascinated about programming. I started to uh, learn C, Pascal, C, uh, and assembly. I used networking of Operating system, which is nowadays maybe obsolete, like Novel Netware, Microsoft Windows NT for workgroups. My first interaction with cybersecurity was in 1986 with the C Brain virus for MS DOS. It was a virus that infects floppy drives, mainly the MBR record of it or the Master Boot record. I was lucky enough to get the source code in assembly language of that virus. I took a complete uh, session with one of my mentors. Back then, he was a Filipino guy, and I wrote a DOS TSR assembly language routine to identify the virus and warn the users. I am a big fan, actually, of Linux and open source, so I used uh, and participated in projects like Snort, Suricata, Apache Mod Security, and IB Tables. I used them mainly to create complete cybersecurity solutions. I took different roles along the path, from programmer to system and network administrator, IT manager, and finally, a Assisu. I was lucky enough to lead building one of the very first data centers in KSA in 1995 in Ministry of Education. It was, you know, a Cisco uh, access server with pools of modems connected to a central uh, PBX system to work as a central dial-up server for our remote clients early before the invasion of the internet. I am also a member of digital transformation committees in a number of private and public uh, sector organizations. I was also lucky enough to lead the cybersecurity Security team of one of the biggest national IT projects in KSA, which is Noor. The name is Noor. It's an education management system. It's a, a distributed web application with uh, many back-end and front-end services with approximately 8 to 9 million concurrent users online. Thank you, Rody, for uh, having me again. Thank you, Amdur Rahman. I'm uh, really happy of this uh, panel and the high-level
0: uh, experience that uh, you bring to this platform. I'm really, really honored. Uh, so let's start our session today really focused on where we are today and how we're going to go. Um, Hannad, I want you to further introduce CyberX and l- give us an understanding what's happening in the situation of the cybersecurity world and KSA and where is the spending, you know, the money is being thrown at in the domain that you are uh, re- responsible and what are the trends in the kingdom? That's yes, sure. Uh, for CyberX, as I mentioned earlier
1: that we started in 2019 and we have such a uh, huge gap especially in the area of awareness that uh, we need to enrich a lot of content and to make the cybersecurity content is more related, you know. So we try to make it inter- entertaining as much as possible and we want to make it more human because whenever you are t- talking about cybersecurity or emerging technology to, to people or normal people, you you will find out that they'll just, you know, scroll their eye and just lost interest in the discussion anyway. So this is the base that we have launched CyberX from, and we tried to make it more uh, human and more relative. And Alhamdulillah, that, uh, the latest uh, campaign that we did about privacy that we have, I think we have across a 50 million impression around overall 60 million media. And uh, we are serving many and many customers in uh, KSA how to build more strategies around uh, cybersecurity awareness and how to make more impact on the uh, senior management to start convincing them to spend more in cybersecurity and especially on the uh, new emerging technologies around spendings that uh, if you reach to any senior management or maybe CEO or a board member and you start talking about attacks and that mentioning to him it's almost a 30 an attack happens every 39 seconds. So through my introduction to uh, to CyberX that almost there is a four or five attempts of attacks that happened already. The breaches are becoming more impactful and the damages becomes more serious. And since the COVID Everyone have flipped to online and our lives, basically it's becoming into an online applications and online services. So as you can see, or maybe most of you know that the tax are becoming so serious and start be as skyrocketing when it comes to um, percentage wise now the spending happens on cyber security for sure that maybe uh, throughout the years that uh, kingdom of saudi arabia has a lot of focus on making governance and creating frameworks that everyone start working on and start spreading awareness through saudi CERT and through the national cyber security authority which is nca and the kingdom and there is a lot of focus making standards across the public sector and the private sector as well. And I think yesterday that started the execution of the uh, frameworks for the service providers as well. So the spending, I think that cybersecurity is getting a huge amount of focus from the government. Uh, in the Arab world, I think the spending, uh, or I believe the spending is around $16 billion year to date, and the uh, predictions that it's at $25 billions in 2025 or 28 billions in 2025 and almost uh, the saudi arabia shares from that is around 12 percent which gives us around two billion dollars been spending on uh, on cybersecurity. Yeah, I think there's a big budget
0: happening in the, in the kingdom that really trying to uh, position the kingdom on a business perspective. And in another indirect way, you have to really secure all of this uh, infrastructure and businesses that were created. So uh, we see a big boom, if I want to say. Uh, you said uh, 13% or 15%? If I'm not mistaken, that number.
1: Yeah, around 12%. But 12, 12%. most
0: importantly, that there
1: is a new culture that it's coming and technology in general. Everyone is competing,
0: right? Right. And cybersecurity everyone is cooperating. So this culture it has to be there, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, thank you. Dr. Hamad, can you tell us more about the situation in the cybersecurity world in the UAE? And, you know, we, we've seen uh, what's happening in the kingdom a little bit. Can you tell us more about what's happening in the UAE and what are the spendings, what are the trends and uh, where the cybersecurity is going in the, uh, in the UAE? Yes, uh,
2: thank you, Rodi. I guess Hamad uh, has made a point where uh, in technology, everybody's competing with everyone, and on the cyber uh, side, everybody is copying with everybody uh, I'm with you, in, and and somehow uh, Mohanad, I guess, uh, uh, also uh, competing in some other ways in cybersecurity and in cyberspace. But in general, uh, in United Arab Emirates, the cybersecurity uh, has been really, really uh, a point of interest for uh, the government lately. And uh, November 2020, the new formation of the government has been uh, initiated cybersecurity council. The, this uh, sounds of its uh about cybersecurity agency in uh, the country, which has the federal government and local government as well. As we know that uh, United Arab Emirates government has been uh, doing so much into digital transformation and because the leadership and our uh, government are uh, pushing so much into moving uh, more into digital services. I guess in this aspect, we are facing so many attacks and cyber uh, issues if we are not really looking uh, after into more uh, digital transformation. The main domain where most of the spending and happening in cybersecurity are the government services. Uh, Since we are moving from electronic government into uh, smart government, right now we are beyond talking about smart government. We are talking about safe cities and we are talking about smart cities. This is where the most important that we are talking about. Indeed, there will be some science cyber security issues if we are talking about smart cities when we are going to use uh, iot big data to implement it into these uh, smart cities rudy i guess in united arab emirates we are doing a little bit fine since uh, most of the uh, targets on cyberspace are going through uh, Europe and United States. I guess we are in the Gulf region at least getting some heads, but not as much as uh, the United States, Russia, the big countries, the big tech countries, such as uh, Europe and England. But somehow I'm not aware of the figures of numbers on uh, how much we are spending. But every day uh, there are some new reports talking about there should be more spending in cybersecurity to defend uh, ourselves. And I guess the defense and the law enforcement, as well as the government entities, are the most important domains which has to uh, spend more in cybersecurity.
0: Yes, uh, thank you for that. Uh, Yeah, I think uh, the whole space of cybersecurity is really, really, really booming because you cannot really offer anything to the citizen without securing it. You cannot offer any new services without securing it. Otherwise, it will be a disaster uh, of uh, data and data privacy and uh, info data information and so on and so on. There's a lot of spending happening to securing the infrastructure because we will be depending a lot. And I know, uh, you know, not in the terms of fighting or in the terms of competing. Uh, I know the UAE and KSA are really heading uh, e-government UN global EGDI index uh, in the world and especially in the region. Uh, they the top two countries that are in the the e-government space and all of this really needs you know all of that spending needs also uh, all of that security. Thank you, uh, Dr. Hamad. I'm gonna jump to Abdurrahman. Okay, we we really saw a cybersecurity event in the, in the GCC without you, you know, being there. As you said, you're there from the early 80s. You are an influencer in this space. You are really working hard to bring cybersecurity. Do you mind telling us more about
3: this? Yes, uh, Rody. I I already mentioned everything in summary in my introduction of myself. I hate actually to talk too much about my There there are some turning points actually along the road in my life. As I I said that I was in cybersecurity since 1986 with the introduction of that uh, antivirus I am a heavy user and a very big fan of Linux and open source. I did a lot of projects. I cannot mention them, of course, but uh, we... Was, let me uh, let me
0: ask you, what is that success factor? You have all of that experience. Why are you, you know, in every event? Why are you available? Why are you giving that extra? What differentiates? You know, we, everybody is there, you know, but you've been an influencer. You've been chosen as an influencer also. You've been awarded as an influencer. What do you also give possibly, uh, you know, the, the people that want to enter into the cybersecurity, you know, we have a lot of uh, audience that uh, might go into that
3: space. What do you really maybe advise them also from your experience? Maybe my passion, my very big passion is a big factor here. I, I used to work when I was uh, still young, 16 hours a day. I still remember my mother taking my shoulder and forcing me to sleep. I started programming at a very early age in my life. I, I, I wrote some, maybe who is old enough from the audience knows about DOS, which was a single task operating system. I wrote, I, I had some projects back in the 80s to change DOS from this single task limitation to a multi-task operating system with special type of programs. They, they call it TSR, or terminate, and stay resident, where you control the hardware and the kernel of the operating system, and you create uh, modules, if I can say, and you add it to the kernel of the operating system to take more control over that. So in short, I was really very passionate, as I was really very willing to learn, and I was enjoying every step I take. And that's the advice I am telling everybody who is asking me how to start in cybersecurity. There are some requirements. Number one, you must master the basics. Cybersecurity has requirements, which is IT. You must be very professional in networking. You must be professional in operating systems. You must have at least the logic of to of programming, not necessarily to be a professional programmer, but to have the logic of it. You know what is the meaning of loops, variables. You know how to write a very small batch program to do some automation somehow. And then after you master these three, which is networking, operating system, and some programming, you have to start with the basics of security before you jump to any specific field in cybersecurity. So you have to know what, what what's the meaning of What's the meaning of vulnerability? How can you uh, calculate the risk? What's the meaning of access controls? What is the function of each and every uh, security device that we have, like firewalls, IBSs, IDSs, DLB systems? So master these basics. And and after you master the basic of cybersecurity, you will know where to go after that. Maybe you want to go to the offensive side or the defensive side, purple teaming, red teaming, blue teaming, start like this. So uh, actually, I, I had a very long experience. It's maybe uh, around thirty years now, and I worked on so many projects in the government. In both, um, I can mention one, for example, in Ministry of Education. We 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 built the very early data centers in in, in Saudi Arabia back in nineteen ninety five. It was uh, before the invasion of the internet. We used the, Traditional dial server to remote uh, to to receive calls from our remote clients using analog uh, telephone lines, and we we use the uh, I uh, with my team of course we build our uh, backend services using open source tools like we use postfix for an email server, we use Apache as a web server. We snort uh, and suricata and IB table as security stack. So the, the key thing here is that for anybody to, to excel in the field of cybersecurity, they must have number one passion and willing. They should never give up. Yeah. Number two, they should master the basics. Number three, they should be, have practical experience. It's, it's good to have the theory, but you have to, to get your hands dirty with the keyboard to practice everything you, 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 you read and everything you, you see. Thank you, Lodi. Yeah.
0: Thank you. I'm going to ask the same question, but each one from his different perspective, because we have three uh, leaders in the cybersecurity. Each one is really in his unique area. What is the role of awareness? And what needs to be done within the next couple of years in the cybersecurity space? Um, Hannah, uh, I'll start with you and then we'll... Uh... Sure. Now, uh, cybersecurity awareness is the combination
1: of both knowing and doing something to protect the business information assets. This is the main thing about AWARE. So when a prices employees are cybersecurity aware, it means they understand what cyber threats are and the potential impact a cyber attack will have in their businesses and the steps required to reduce that risk and prevent the cyber crime uh, of uh, infiltrating their online uh, workspace. Pretty much becoming very serious to organization and especially big organization. Nowadays, we are start hearing cybersecurity. Culture. I'm not sure if you agree with me, but there is a lot of big organizations are start talking about creating a culture around cybersecurity awareness. in the workspace does not mean that you will be completely eradicating the risk of data theft or cyber crime to your business, but at least you are making your organization a cyber aware which is very important. And uh, I think in uh, National Cyber uh, Authority, they have, uh, I think, launched a hashtag about being the first line of defense. Um, I totally agree with that, that making your end user or customers that you are serving is the first line of defense. It can avoid a lot of problems and a lot of really impacts. Now, somebody can ask, what's the impact can can do a cyber attack. Uh, despite the fact of the damages on the dollar sign direct to the business, there is intangible uh, impact, which it can impact the trust and it can impact the reputation of the organization. So no way that you're going to trust an organization that's been hacked multiple times, right? So it's becoming very serious yes. that to make your, your customers and make your end users are cyber aware. What was the other part of the question?
0: Yeah, what is the next three years' plan to really bring uh, the cybersecurity awareness there?
1: Yes, thank you. What we really encourage all customers to start working on cybersecurity awareness programs and start building up with the clear KPIs, which is key performance indicators, and KRIs, and start taking a trend analysis about the behavior of the organization to make sure that they are doing from Uh, scale of zero to five from initiation to be a kind move to cyber aware on the left bar. This is very important. Uh, Spending uh, more money on cyber cyber cybersecurity awareness is giving you an edge to avoid a lot of spending and technicalities and just buying some boxes and putting on the shelf. And there is a kind of a study that 90% of cybersecurity breaches are due to human error. So you can imagine how much you can avoid and save hassles to the organization by just making and enabling users to to make them as a cyber aware. So I, I highly encourage everyone here, if you are belonging to an organization, to start working on the cybersecurity campaigns and cybersecurity programs to cover the awareness and start making have a visible and clear
0: data around the cybersecurity awareness around your organization. Yeah, thank you. So I'm gonna take the same question to Dr. Hamad. I'm just gonna repeat it. What is the role of cybersecurity awareness and what needs to be done within the next couple of years in your domain of specialties? Because I know you are also, and where you work, you're also tackling that part. And in terms of Al-Barza, that's also somehow bringing new uh, technologies and that needs addressing. So if you want sharing your uh, point of view.
2: Yes, uh, thank you, Rodi. I guess uh, the awareness is uh, one of the most important parts we have to take care of. It's about education people and the citizens and the residents, how to protect themselves. E-crimes has been recently increasing, and we can tell that e-crimes doesn't have any... Emotional target. It's all about stealing uh, money uh, from people, either through uh, a scam phone, either s- through portal, and there are so many uh, ways of e-crime. So I. I would love to see some kind of awareness that's happening uh, around uh, any uh, community. As much as we see the announcement and the advertising about uh, a football game or even the New Year Eve party that's uh, going to be attended by like a famous singer. We have such uh, an advertising and uh, a campaign, as Mohamed said, to uh, educate uh, people on how to protect themselves. Because the latest uh, And the new generation are all into uh, the IT. And we are talking uh, from the IT perspective. What about those people who have no idea about the IT uh, information at all? What they are going to do? They have to uh, evolve themselves into the service, the the digital services that the government are offering. And I guess in most uh, countries these days, the electronic services and the smart services are mandatory for every Buddy. Talking about the second part uh, of the question, the I would say this is what we have to do. We have to do more education parts, And this is what we are offering in Alberta as well, platform: cybersecurity classes and courses, which only like five minutes training uh, courses. Uh, we do have more uh, specialist people in cybersecurity to offer. And as I mentioned, we are targeting uh, the students and uh, the new generation to educate them about cybersecurity. I guess Abdul Rahman, he agree with me, probably he has kids and inshallah I'm not wrong, grandkids, that they are into uh, information technology. So I guess more spending into uh, advertising, educating people, uh, go to the movie theaters, every single uh, corner of any uh, social media that we uh, need to aware people and educate them about the decline, cybersecurity. And I'm going to go to talk later about some of the initiatives done by the government as well.
0: Yes. Thank you, Dr. Hamad. Let me go to Abdul Rahman. If you mind sharing from your point of view, the same question about cybersecurity awareness uh, and the future of...
3: Okay, Rodi. Actually, cybersecurity awareness is my favorite, I, and I am doing it all the time. We all know that human is the weakest link. End users are considered the primary vulnerability within any network or enterprise, and as Muhammad said, a very big percentage of attacks are caused by human error, either not aware of the risk or ignoring the enterprise policies. So organizations are investing in making their users aware of the risks and threats change their behavior and attitude towards cybersecurity. So what needs to be done? From my experience and my field experience with different types of organization, many organizations are not doing awareness the proper way, the way it should be. Awareness number one should be oriented toward a specific audience. So there is no... Single content that will fit all the users. So we have end users, we have managers, we have uh, business units, different business units. We have developers, we have executives. Each one of those needs its own unique content that matches the position that he has, the role that he has, and the job that he is practicing every day. So also there is uh, something that the, the 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 cyber awareness should be interactive and practical and focus on the user's role so that the user will find it interesting. So there is nothing more bad than uh, starting awareness workshop and looking at the user yawning they want to sleep because The content for them is not interesting. So adding interactivity and adding practice and focusing on the role of the user will make this workshop more interesting to the user. Another part that I see majority of enterprises uh, ignore or neglect is the physical security. You will find they are focusing on technical things and they are ignoring, completely ignoring the physical security. Number two, awareness should be a continuous process. Most of us are using EMS to do that, e learn management system, so that we will pop up messages, we will be interactive with the user on his uh, computer while he is uh, practicing his job. Another important thing is to have metrics. We, we have so many awareness workshops, so many training, uh, and we want to know if we succeeded in changing the user behavior or not. So we must have some metric to do that. My favorite metric is the phishing campaign and the number of clicks. And I like to tie that to each business unit so that it will create competitive environment. So that each business unit had has its own unique metric in measuring how well the users in that specific business unit are doing or are they improving, are they changing their, their, their behavior. And in order to make this a success, we need to add some incentives and rewards to motivi- motivate our employees. Stuff like uh, employee picture on the wall of fame, employee of the month, a thank you letter, mentioning that the user is doing very well in, in the public, stuff like that. Thank you.
0: Yeah, very nice techniques. I think they are very practical for stimulating the employees yeah. or stimulating the people so that they are also an owner of uh, cybersecurity, not just a user. Yes. Thank you, uh, Abdurrahman. I'm just going to go to uh, Mahanad. mohannad what do you think of the cloud adoption that is soon to take the kingdom? Or actually, it already started, but... Now that Amazon is you know, going in there and many other providers will soon be entering that space. Where do you see the future of that?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. But can I give a, a comment? Um, sure, I sure, would, sure. Please. I would second Abdurrahman on uh, the, the idea of uh, learning management system and phishing. And I just want to take the chance sure. that we have... In CyberX, our own solutions in LMS and phishing, and we are more than happy to support and provide it to any organization if you find any gap in this area. About cloud adoption, uh, cloud is becoming uh, a very active uh, discussion, especially since uh, in Saudi Arabia that we have Sadaia, the Saudi Authority for uh, Data and Artificial Intelligence. Since they announced and uh, the the country started talking about the uh, G-Cloud, which is the government cloud, everyone starts heavily talking about uh, cloud adoption, especially in public sector. As you know, and the esteemed audience, that Sadaia is responsible to have a government cloud which is going to host most of government sector, that centers to be there. This is the main uh, target. I think throughout the last decade, we have seen a lot of adoption on cloud, Especially when it comes to Western uh, side of the global side, as you mentioned, Amazon, Azure, uh, Google, and uh, and many other providers. When it comes to cloud, and we are seeing a lot of hypes and people. I think the people behavior, especially in the last two years, have changed a lot. That because the end user is looking after the service, he doesn't care where your data center located, he doesn't care how are you building your application. I just care. Uh, I just cares how easy and workable your application is and how secure my data within your applications. When it comes to, to security, you can see that the topic of security, it starts popping up in each and every conversation. If you're talking about on-premise, cloud, air gap networks, Everyone is talking about cybersecurity and what you are doing about cybersecurity. I think the spending in cloud will become uh, will increase in the coming five years. We will see the results how it will look like, uh, especially when government start adopting a lot of changes in government. I think UAE uh, are uh, leaders when it comes to cloud adoption. Maybe
0: Doctor Hamad can uh, more uh,
1: clarify about this point.
0: And uh, back to you, rudy Yeah, thank you. I think there's a big revolution in adoption and especially, you know, we were discussing offline with Abdul Rahman about, uh, you know, thanks COVID because it moved everybody uh, in the adoption of digital transformation. We know that, you know, we lost a lot of, Loved people, we lost a lot of our friends, our families. But at the same time, uh, it gave us another thing, which is that digital transformation and digital, uh, you know, evolution to be really bring better services, bring better uh, citizen-oriented things for the help of of the citizen. And we are witnessing. The big boom now, as we live it, we are you know, we are in an age of witnessing the future as as we speak. Dr. Hamad, I'm gonna jump uh, to you. You can add uh, to uh, Muhammad And uh, can you give us an update about the governmental cybersecurity exposure and the latest in protection itself? And what are the latest legislation or initiatives that is being implemented in UAE?
2: I guess I'm not going to add to Muhammad anything, uh, Rody since he is talking about his company and uh, the cooperation between him and Abdurrahman to sell some products to Abdurrahman. I guess, Abdurrahman, you need to ask for some discount through Rudy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm buying, I'm buying. I'll get special discount. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: thank you, Rodi, for uh, this question. I guess, poser in uh, governmental cybersecurity in terms of we are uh, open. Uh, we do most of the governmental services uh, online. I guess, His Highness, uh, Sheikh Mohammed Rashid. The Prime Minister and the ruler of uh, Dubai has been pushing a lot for all the federal entities and organizations to move into online services. Zero visit for customers into the uh, organization and entities by the end of 2022. Can you imagine? The number of hard work that happening uh, through the infrastructures of the digital transformation things. This is when I am talking about exposure. Nobody talks about infrastructures. I guess we are spending a lot and some of uh, the softwares programs that we are buying. But at the end, the infrastructures has some kind of forgiveness when nobody takes care of uh, the infrastructure. But in the latest initiatives by uh, the federal and the local government in the United Arab Emirates, there are so many uh, initiatives. One of them is called Child Digital Safety. And this is when uh, the government are talking about how to make children safe and secure whenever they are using uh, It's uh, a joint effort to raise awareness. Uh, Among the children in the school, their parents from the online threats and challenges, just to make them secure, as well as uh, digital uh, security. This is another initiative, and this is the cooperation between uh, Telecommunication Regulation Authority in United Arab Emirates and most of the uh, government, either local and federal entities. Also, as I mentioned early, the formation of the uh, United Arab Emirates Cybersecurity Council, as well as Dubai CyberX. And the latest legislation that we do have in uh, our region, it's called United Arab Emirates Information Assurance Regulation. This is evolving cyber threat, including haptism uh, and uh, organized cybercrime groups that are challenging national security. And as I said, Telecommunication and Digital Government uh, Regulatory Authority has been uh, the owner of this initiative. And we can see, as Mohamed said, yes, we are moving uh, toward uh, leading some of the latest technology, but uh, without supporting from private sector, as well as from our neighbors. And I guess the most important cooperation between the GCC countries these days, uh, even lately, I guess, it was uh, the traffic software that uh, whenever you do fine or breaking rules, for example, in Saudi Arabia, and tickets will come to you. United Arab Emirates. And the same in Oman and Qatar and Bahrain, I guess. And hopefully in Lebanon, Rudy, if you are doing any fine in UAE, you will have it in uh, Lebanon. So it's going to be under your uh, registration.
0: <laughs> it will follow me to my death. <laughs> that I know.
2: <laughs> I guess this, this this kind of legislation that we are talking and initiative and hopefully to see more initiative all around and uh, cooperation, as I said, from uh, the private sector and uh, the government sector.
0: Yeah, I think the future is fully uh, dependent on collaboration and cooperation to really, uh, you know, because, you know, we've seen the virus, how it is now uh, a small city. You know, it hit in China a couple of months back. You know, after that, it's it's, it's worldwide. And the cooperation has to be the same. You know, uh, the technology is also following massively in that in that space. And uh, hopefully... If I may,
1: yeah. if I may Rudy, uh, I just want to add something to, to Dr. Hamad that I think in UAE, there is the smart uh, university of Hamdan bin Mohammed. It's, I think, the first in the region that they went completely on Amazon and they just closed their data center. That's, that's yeah, uh, big. Yeah, I saw I saw the announcement. Uh, I think uh, six months ago.
2: Yes, yes, Mohammed. And uh, uh, we are talking about uh, universities and uh, education institute. Talking about Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Artificial Intelligence University. This is the latest. That uh, I guess we are not covering until now. None of us mentioned artificial intelligence, but this is really another topic that probably you need to highlight. The topic on
0: it. Yes, we already did, but we will uh, highlight, I will try to maybe coordinate with you to try to see if we get can somebody from the university itself. Because I think uh, posi- UAE positioning itself in that space of AI, the technology of the future, is a big bang for everybody. And they, if they can open this throughout the region, you know, it's a big bang for the region also, not just uh, for the UAE and assigning the first minister on such initiative, I think it's also, you know, uh, it's a leading towards uh, the future also. So I'm just uh, going to remind the, the audience, thank you for staying. I'm going to take, uh, after uh, Abdurrahman, I'm going to take two quick questions uh, because they are more or less the same from Beverly Pang and Roland, because they complete each other. So please stay tuned until we uh, I get back to you. Abdurrahman, I'm going to ask you another question. There was the National Cybersecurity Authority, which we, I think we mentioned earlier on, uh, which has been established to uh, an alignment of the 2030 uh, vision. Can you tell us more? What's the role? What's what is it playing on all of those initiatives? Just to understand more, where are we going also?
3: Okay, Rudy. The NCA, or the National, the Saudi National Cybersecurity Authority, was established back in 2017 with a direct reporting line to the royal court, that's the king himself, which shows how determined and serious the Saudi government is about cyber, cyber security. Exactly, when I was preparing this, when I saw that reporting structure, I was amazed. Yeah. Yes. It, it it is directly to the king, and this this signifies the, the how how serious the government is about cybersecurity. And actually, you know, among other functions of the of the, the NCA, uh, the very first function was to centralize the national cybersecurity strategy, which is the strategic vision of uh, to build a resilient, secure, and trusted Saudi cyber space that enables growth, and prosperity. Since its uh, establishment in 2017, it came up with a number of controls, frameworks, standards, and guidelines. As an example, uh, the first uh, control was the ECC, which is the Essential Cybersecurity Controls, and another for Critical Systems, which is the CSCC, Critical Systems Cybersecurity Controls. And another, uh, cybersecurity controls for the cloud. They also build uh, many of the initiatives. For example, let, let me mention two of them. The first one is the Cyber EDU, which is to help universities to set the minimum requirement for uh, cybersecurity in higher education. Another one is the SUF, which categorizes the cybersecurity work in Saudi Arabia, defines the job roles in each category and sets requirements for each job role and the different tasks, the knowledge and the skills and abilities required for this specific role. They also have uh, one initiative for the National Cryptographic Standards which sets the, sits the policies and standards for uh, minimum cryptographic systems in the Saudi uh, data. They came up also with some guidelines like cybersecurity guidelines for, for e-commerce, cybersecurity guideline for uh, remote workers. They built some cyber, also cyber initiative, like the Cyber Pro, which is a cyber uh, security training program, Targeting universities and government employees working in the cybersecurity field. So, in short, we are actually very, very, very lucky in Saudi Arabia to have the NCA because they really did a lot of great things and they pushed the cybersecurity. Thank you, Rudy.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to take, before I jump to uh, uh, the audience, I'm just going to take. Two minutes introduction about the first day of G.I. Sec. If you can summarize how was the day today, what made it different from uh, other years, because we're all eager to for a physical (laughs) interaction. And today you're one of the lucky people that are uh, available physically.
3: Actually, today was the first day. The halls were really crowded and, you know, because of COVID-19, there is some social distancing Yet there were a lot of people. There were uh, there were a lot of and by the way, you can go to the gisic.ae and have a look at the agenda of every single day. Uh, what I noticed today is that there are so many companies involved. The big companies like Huawei, for example, Microsoft, Fortinet, and with so many others and. Uh, they, they 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 also came up with this idea of country specific day one day for Saudi Arabia another for UAE another for another and that's it. So so today there were a lot of people really coming from different parts of the world. Majority from GCC countries. I think that's because of still the travel restrictions and the COVID nineteen. Not all the people were able to 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 come to the to the conference, but. In comparing what I have seen today to my previous attendance to the same uh, JISEC conference in uh, previous years, this one is really uh, more in terms of content, number of exhibitors. Number of companies and also the type of topics discussed in uh, the workshops and training.
0: Uh, Beverly, if you're still with us, do you mind asking your questions? And I want directly uh, Roland to ask him, to ask his question. Uh, Roland,
2: are you still with us? Uh, hello, everyone. Um, thanks a lot uh, for your valuable uh,
3: input and and very very interesting discussion. It's uh, actually yeah, following to the to Beverly um, question, which was about about whether we would have any offered insurance product to offer actually in in the region, uh, I I wanted to ask it in a different way. So, do you see any insurance uh, uh, that is offering c- cyber insurance uh, um, you know packages offers, uh, for example, to uh, to to um, to cover. Uh, enterprises uh, small medium enterprises potentially uh, and if yes actually any idea how these actually are offered what are the modalities they they are provided i'm just curious actually to, to know about that
0: let me give you my experience because i've done one for uh, for Lebanon, and i was involved in a consultancy of it uh, at uh, we had to go on something called bbb cyber insurance uh, plan it was with uh, another uh, big insurance unfortunately i cannot name it but it was based in the u.s so there was nothing in the region itself for lebanon i don't know about the gcc i'm sure there is something there but uh, from what i know in lebanon there was only one in uh, the uh, states which was able to insure for cyber insurance I don't know if anybody else has uh, interference in this. Yes, yeah. my humble experience
1: that uh, in the insurance industry, at least that we have in Saudi, it's kind of still a primitive uh, industry, and I believe that it needs a lot of—don't know how to describe it—but maybe shakening that we need to shake the, some maturity uh,
0: industry. to some maturity to reach a level uh, acceptable level, I would say. Um,
1: it's not about maturity; it's about the kind of services that you can promote. Because okay. still the insurance is yet conservative as much that there is no agility yet. I hope that when uh, the new regulation from SAMA that it's becoming more adaptive to the new technologies and to the IT industry in general. We have seen that there is some movement around the, uh, if you want to travel nowadays from Saudi that you need to be insured, which is still they are trying to cover it through the pandemic. And hopefully that they will consider the IT as as a part of the insurance mm-hmm. because I have worked in multiple data center projects and we were looking around having an insurance company to insure, you know, from the normal, thing, like, uh, yeah, exactly. Twisters, maybe volcanoes, et cetera, that, uh, that are normal
0: disasters. But uh, we couldn't find it that it was super expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same yeah. Here. We have to go, we had to go from that project for the U.S., for them to ensure with many criterias and so on. Thank you, Mohanad. I'm going to take a question about uh, risks and cyber risks. is always changing and evolving. Sorry, Dr. Hamad.
2: Excuse me, Rody. I just want to interfere into uh, this uh, hot topic, cybersecurity insurance. You said uh, there's a company in the United States that you've been working with. We have seen lately, uh, the last Cybersecurity attack on the gas pipeline in United States. Were those guys uh, insured in terms of cybersecurity?
0: <laughs> but we have to see. <laughs> we had to see if it's exclude. You know the all of that crypto-related uh, uh, cyber deals because they were locked out of their system. I'm not sure uh, what was their insurance. But it's interesting question actually to try to dig in and try to find out because what I knew is actually they paid the ransom. This is what we, I mean.
2: they, they did. They did. The latest news that they did pay. Yeah. But as a, a huge oil company talking <laughs> about billion of dollars, what was the reaction in terms of cybersecurity?
0: Yeah, yeah. we have to see also uh, what, what what's the situation with uh, KSA, the kingdom's uh, uh, oil supplier, also uh, what they have done. This is an, also another... Uh, A good question that we're going to, you know, I'm going to be digging more. So, uh, you know, risk, cyber risk is always changing and evolving. Whatever we do as control still need to keep up with technology. This is a question from Rahim. What can someone do if the resources are limited and cannot keep up with the technology up to date? please feel free to uh...
2: give up technology and do nothing. <laughs> In short, sim- yes. sim- Simple as it is. <laughs> Sometimes maybe, we, we wish that we can.
3: <laughs> or maybe prioritize if you are short of budget. So the best solution is to, to prioritize. Know where is your crown jewels? Start with them. If you cannot give up, technology as uh, Dr. Hamad said?
2: Rudy, I would say that uh, either uh, prioritize uh, whatever services you have, or we do have outsourcing services that uh, most of the companies these days, uh, as you mentioned, the COVID-19 pandemic has pushed all uh, the digital uh, transformation uh, era into uh, not even 100% to activate and adopt way than more than 100, 1,000% 1, to adopt the new latest technology. And uh, I can say that uh, there was a, a report coming from uh, New York City and Manhattan especially, saying that uh, around 55,000 offices has been uh, emptied since the pandemic. And most of those uh, offices belongs to a small company to move to either cloud service or either outsourcing uh, service. So
0: I guess outsourcing is another way
1: Sir. to uh, to do the risk for resources. Yes, Mohammed. Maybe uh, yes. Since we are talking about affordability of products, that uh, let me do some uh, <laughs> pitches here. That uh, in CyberX, that we have four main platform, which is LMS and uh, phishing. Uh, we have Sim the security event and information management and threat intelligence platform so if any of any esteemed audiences that uh, they want to acquire a technology and because of affordability that you couldn't
0: you can have our products for free yeah uh, the main thing is just to bridge the gap yeah yeah i get you here I, i understand i've seen you know implementations of cm they cost sometimes in the millions of dollars and uh, you need the resources you need the know-how you need the 24 uh, hours uh, operation this is where uh, as you said dr hamad and uh, Mohammed, this is where outsourcing really uh, comes into play but this is depending of course on the client on the data that they have and this is where i'm going to ask the final uh, question for today is about privacy each one is a different, you know, uh, background in privacy. We have the citizen privacy, we have the company privacy, and everyone has a different perspective on, on privacy. And I think privacy is helping the cybersecurity to really, because we cannot talk cybersecurity without privacy, but it's really pushing cybersecurity across Every little point that we are touching and when we see the social media, how they are utilizing our data, it's crazy. What's your point of view, uh, you know, uh, three of you, what's the point of view from your side about privacy in, in your geographical area? What's happening in the
3: kingdom and what's happening in UAE? if i may start it, uh, maybe in the in gcc and in 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 the middle east area we lack regulations for privacy but the good thing is that privacy rules is somehow implied uh, implied in some other regulations for example in saudi arabia we have the nca regulations we, we have the citc regulations we have another from uh, uh, other uh, organizations. So privacy and somehow is, is, is dealt with in these general cybersecurity uh, regulation. But I think this is not enough. We need a dedicated privacy regulation that will regulate and make clear, especially for companies, what to do with uh, their customers' data. Yeah, you need a
0: regulatory authority, possibly.
3: Yeah, yeah. We need a regulation, for example, from the NCA in Saudi Arabia to regulate the the data that we have with our own companies. For example, with any company, STC, Mobily, or any other company, Microsoft, uh, Google, or anywhere. We need something like... uh, the gdpr yeah that's that's yeah yeah, that's so strict and so clear and so uh so that everybody will know what 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 is his right and and to to what extent can the company be free to 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 take his uh his date thank you dr hamad
2: we just finished ramadan and i guess we are always uh watching uh, Macintosh uh, ads when it say, uh, and this is when I ask you mohammed to go and I'm the last, so I will be honest about privacy and I would say whatever goes online stays online. There is no recommendation and advice that we can give in terms of privacy. Please, at, at least when you go and make a booking, you are using your cell phone number in the hotel to receive the reservation number as well as some other information. So there is no privacy. We are not talking about protecting our privacy. Everything is online. If I go right now and Google Abdul Rahman, for example, I will see so many pictures about Abdul Rahman. I know that Abdul Rahman is in Dubai at the moment. He's attending JISAC. He is going to have a presentation tomorrow. This is kind of a privacy that we are talking? I don't think so. Rudy, you are located in somewhere in Lebanon, if you are in Lebanon, and this is not your office at the back end. This is a picture. We are talking privacy. Privacy is something we are hidden. Nobody knows nothing about us. This is when we are talking about privacy. With, I guess there was a show on one of the uh, Egyptian uh, channels about privacy. So they go and introduce the person on the street. As soon as they introduce themselves, the vehicle on the back already took a capture on that face of the person and do whatever scanning on the social media and figure out almost half of their personal information, date of birth, when they join Facebook or Instagram, where they were last night, what they had for the breakfast early morning, what kind of privacy we are talking about. That's my pick of the last question, Rudy. And I yeah. hope I didn't be rude in answering the question, but this is the truth. Yeah,
0: this is the sad truth. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I know something for sure, because I was working on a project uh, uh, for the kingdom. For the banks related, uh, there is a legislation from SAMA uh, regarding the data centers or the cloud service providers that uh, forces the data to reside inside the kingdom itself. Other than that, I'm not aware of any other. uh, This is
3: also the NCA regulation, the same requirement. It yeah. is actually, actually, this is not new. Yeah, yeah, I, it is not new. It is not new. It's not it new. new. It it was more than six, seven years ago. There was a royal decree stating that no government data should be hosted outside yeah, kingdom yeah. borders. Thank
0: you for that. Uh, I just want to thank everybody who stayed. I want to thank my, the speakers.
3: Thank you very much, Rodi. Thank you, audience. I wish to keep this. Uh, Good stuff happening all the time so that we will uh, at least contribute and exchange ideas and experiences. Thank you very much. Thank
2: you. This uh, is a wonderful gathering.
1: Mahanad, last word. Again, thank you uh, so much, esteemed audience and esteemed panelists. And thank you, Rudy, for hosting us and making this happen. Um, I'm always happy to share our knowledge, our information, and hopefully that we can be a kind of benefit for anyone that needs help.